0: one time and we are live here on the god is awesome podcast welcome thank you guys for watching if you're tuning in out there we love having you here my name is aaron if it's your first time here i will be your host today and we are so excited to have one of my good friends dan Toback, in the house dan say what's up
1: what's up guys how's it going
0: um dan we are super excited super pumped to have you but before we get to you uh we want to bring this message from our sponsors just kidding we have no sponsors but i want to let you know that if you if you're interested in watching um or if you have anyone who uh kind of might, you might be thinking of, uh, when you hear Dan's testimonial, well, be sure to share this video with them, tag them and invite people into the group. We're trying to build a community here of people who just want to listen to other people's testimonies on how God has been awesome in other people's lives and, you know, praise God for it. And I just think that it's, um, really holy stuff that we get to listen to someone's history and say like, oh man, God did that to you. God's awesome. God did that something similar to me or something completely opposite to me. So we'll find that out uh, today, but be sure to just be engaged in the group. And we're just super glad to have everyone here. Anyway, back to Dan Toback. Dan, um, again, super happy, super excited to have you here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how old you are, how long you've been a Christian, where you're coming from, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Again, my name is Dan Toback. I'm 27 years old. So Originally born in Long Beach, Long Island, New York. I uh, moved to Port St. Lucie when I was 13, so I've okay. been a Floridian for quite a while now. Um, right. we moved with my uh, my parents, so quite a quite a while back and uh moved my grandparents at the time. My I uh, was grandma. Life? Yeah.
0: How's your home life like that? You're 0 to 13, how's your home life as a, you know, 13 year before 13 and switching over to Florida?
1: Yeah, so it was a big deal. We um, actually—I was going to school, of course, in New York at the time. Very young. Um, My parents were kind of going through some stuff at the time, and I came down with my mom originally. My dad uh, was in ministry in New York at the time. He came down quite a bit later, like a year and a half. They they were—they were divorced eventually, and um, yeah. So came down to Port St. Lucie at the time. My grandmother uh, was struggling with cancer. her and my granddad came down first, and we followed them. My brother and my sister as well were da- already down here. Yeah. So, um, grandma lived sorry, for sorry, about, yeah.
0: Your, your dad was in ministry?
1: Yeah. Did yep. I hear
0: that right? What kind of ministry?
1: He did, like, street evangelism in New York City, oh. actually. Yeah, okay. Penn Station. So, a bunch of people was... running out of the train, and he was there preaching on his uh, megaphone and had his Bible with him, used to pray for people. I oh,
0: think he, so. he was one of those guys. He had a megaphone Bible in the middle of Penn Station? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, he okay. Did like so you ministries and stuff like that. So you you come from a, a a history of Christians then.
1: Yeah. So my aunt was the first person, and we always talk about this in my family. My aunt was the first person to bring Christ in her family. She was hmm. saved. I think sometime in her early 40s, she was saved. Okay. Then. um my mom's side were really traditional Catholic, and then um, my dad's side were Jewish. So um, they were Polish Jewish. So yeah. And she okay. introduced me to Christ, so she was saved. And I don't know her exact story, because she passed away when I was much younger as well. All right. But um, she brought Christ into our family, and that uh, was really awesome. So without her, I don't know. We we might not have been, all been saved, so pretty cool. Gotcha.
0: Okay, so when when you came down, your parents got divorced, or they were divorced? What what brought yeah. you guys down here?
1: Yeah, so my parents then were kind of going through some stuff. They were separated. Um Again, my grandma was suffering from cancer, so we knew that she had sort of a limited timeline. Um, it was like okay. stage three, stage four lung cancer. So mm-hmm. my mom and I just jetted down here to Port St. Lucie. We already all bought houses here, originally intended to be investments, but we came down later to move down permanently, of course. And uh, grandma ended up passing away like a year, year and a half later. Um, okay. and then dad was down at that point. And uh, that's how we got here originally. So
0: gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. So you're 13 in Port St. Lucie. You've, uh, how big is your family?
1: Yeah. So, wow, it's a lot of us now in PSL. So, you know, Tom and Julie, uh, my okay. brother and my sister, and uh, all their kids. And then we have my mom, uh, we have my granddad, myself, Jess, my wife. Now we got married after college. Okay, and then cool. um, Tracy, my other sister, moved to Baltimore. So, it's just us here now. And my gotcha. dad still lives in, uh, actually, he's in Stewart. So, Oh, okay.
0: Didn't know yep. that. All right. So uh you're 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 thirteen now and um tell me where, where God takes you there. Where's your where's your story lead you from there?
1: Yeah, so I was saved at a very young age, I believe it was like eight or nine. Um I got baptized in Freeport, New York, at a big church called Word of Life, and I knew who Jesus was. I was saved then, I, I got baptized, I sort of went through the motions um in terms of all the tradition stuff in the church. But okay. Um, Like we were talking about earlier, when I, when I first met you, we went out, I think I talked to you a little bit about this, but I didn't really grasp who Jesus was and what mercy was and what grace was till much later. So I had a, almost a very religious view of my faith for like so many years okay. until around um, college till right after college. And I can get into that in a bit if you'd like. Um, yeah. But being, yeah, was,
0: being saved equals going to church. That's kind of your, that was kind of your view of uh, yeah. being saved or being a Christian.
1: I accepted Christ in my heart as my Lord and Savior, but I didn't fully understand his benefits. And I didn't understand who he was um, as a saving God, as a good God, until much later on. It was about just obeying the commands in the Bible, um, just knowing, you know, I claim Jesus, and I know mm-hmm. who he is to me, and I know I need to claim him as my Lord and Savior, but I didn't actually grasp how awesome that was and how it could, it should change your life,
0: yeah. so yeah. I didn't
1: realize that much later on
0: okay so tell me about that realization what happened there
1: yeah so um
0: i came down to port saint lucie went through you know pastor uh, i don't know if he'll tune into this but if he does you're awesome uh
1: santucci he's he's great so um i kind of plugged into the youth there second half of high school he told me listen i think it would be a really good fit for you he pressed me to go um, because i was sort of reserved at the time, and he got me to finally start going to youth. Um, I got to sort of help him with some stuff too in his office. He was the youth pastor there for a while. And um, I'll never forget one of the first things he told me. Um, I guess it was just on his heart to tell me, but he, we were out for lunch one day and he says, remember, you have to live your faith and you have to have a relationship with Jesus for yourself, not through your parents. Mm-hmm. And I never had anybody tell me that before. I never really understood that or grasped what that meant. Like, I was born, kind of, I was born Christian or I was at a very young age. Right. So, what I didn't realize though is the idea of having that personal relationship, that personal understanding of who Jesus is, who Christ is, what he's done for me. So, my youth pastor was the first person, and I always give him credit for that, to really introducing me to the idea of having that relationship yeah. with Christ, that there's so much more than I had at that time. And while I was going to youth, I think he saw that in me. He saw that it was more of a religion than it was actually a deep faith, a deep relationship.
0: So, so you had another, you had a youth pastor, um, to John, John Santucci, Santucci, and yeah. he told you, hey, you know what, you need your yeah. own relationship with Christ. What does that look like? What is that when you say relationship with, um, Jesus? Yeah. He, he's up there somewhere, never physically met him before. What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. So, I think if you were to say who I was before and then who I was that moment, there was actually, there's more to that story or two. It's, it's taken me a while to get where I am now and I'm still growing every day. Um, but even at that moment, understanding that where I was is just coming from a very like up here understanding of who Christ is and what he did for me. Mm-hmm. I know I need to accept him as my Lord and savior to be saved. I know that I need to do this to avoid, avoid hell. But i was forgetting that there's such an awesome relationship like a personal relationship a personal love that you have with him as your god Mm -hmm. that i didn't have before that and then at that point after john told me that i got a hunger for wanting to know more and knowing Mm. that this wasn't in my life
0: so So let me ask you a question were you saved when you were a kid when you like didn't really know or were you saved like later in life when you started to grasp like, when do you think, I mean, I think you said you were saved before, but, like, how does that work um, if, if you didn't really understand who he was then, but now you're standing who, who he is now? I mean, like, yeah. when do you think you were saved?
1: Well, you know, my personal theology, Aaron, and I think we might have touched on this at, you know, different points, but my personal theology is I'll never take my salvation for granted. My personal theology is that I fight for that every day Mm -hmm. that I would never, I would never tell myself that I'm, that I'm anybody special that I can't ever lose that faith that the world. And I use the, I use the parable a lot the seeds that some seeds are are thrown on, you know, concrete where they're just going to be scorched. Some seeds grow up with weeds where they're choked out and some seeds grow into be full mature plants where they're producing fruit. And if we look at that parable for me, I never take my faith for granted in Christ. Um, every day I come across stuff that makes pushes me away from that belief, that pushes me away, that makes me take it for granted. Sure. And I think that we have to be alert as Christians, as believers. We have to be continually covered with prayer, covered with a humble mentality. That listen, that faith is precious. Can be taken away. That belief can be taken away. So, um, as a believer, back to your question, was I saved back then? I honestly, I, I couldn't give you a hundred percent because the Lord does have grace. He does have mercy. Okay. And Christ has an abundant type of mercy and grace. I know that much because he's shown me so much, but um, am I where I was now? Not at, not at all. So,
0: gotcha. so you said yeah. something and I, I don't know if this, we want to go this route for a lot. Theolo- we could, we could go this route. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to your testimony. I really do. Yeah. Like I really, I think there's some stuff that I need to flush out there first, but you said that you believe that you could lose your faith. Um, right. What, what, where, where, how are you coming to that conclusion? Uh, what does that do for you in here? Um, like wh- where is that coming from? How do, how do you, and how, how are you, um, ha- how does that affect you? How does the fact affect your, affect your life and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say my belief comes from the fact that just by reading the word of God for me, okay. um, you see a lot of people throughout a lot of the stories that you read from the old Testament through the new Testament of who the Lord is the greatest command to love the Lord with all your heart and to love people with all your heart. Mm-hmm. If those are the two greatest commands, then I would say if we're modeling our lives after that, we're always in always in risk of falling short of that. But I would say it's even it's even greater than that because of all the stuff we have in the world, whether it's uh, relationships, whether it's money, whether it's just different anxieties, different types of things we have going on in our lives, um, those things can easily take the mantle of that. And I think if you lose your true love for the Lord, that's how you... The only way you can lose salvation, I don't think by, again, by sinning as Christians, that's all of us because we're saved by grace, not by works. Mm -hmm. But what I was getting at is losing your faith in that love. If you pull out from that, that's where I think your anchor is. Mm -hmm. And just when I read the word, that's what I get, that true love of God, true love of of Christ, right? So I think by different things, different anxieties, those weeds, again, from the parable, that can take the place of that, take the position on the mantle, that would be my way, I guess, of reckoning my faith or keeps me guarded, or protecting my faith, viewing it as something de- very delicate. Yeah.
0: So I always love that parable um, because it it it's really the parable of the soils, right? It's it's really like the, this soil was like rocks and this soil was like good soil and this soil was like thorns and stuff like that. Yeah. And so there are people who like who shoot up in faith early on and then they die out. Those That's like that shallow, rocky soil. And there's people yeah. who just kind of deny it. But then the yeah. good soil is where like, you know, I believe you, I believe me, where God said, okay, uh, when my, when my word hits them, when the gospel hits them, they're, mm-hmm. they're already good. soil. they're going to be, they're going to be shooting up with some giant gospel bean and stuff like that. I mean, that's just kind of like, I, I I love that because it, it shows like a, there's like an identity there that kind of, uh, kind of pairs up with other scriptures. Like, Hey, he's, he's. He's there, he's picked us, he's there's there's this soil that we are that he's yeah. kind of just kind of called us to be. Like they we're just yeah, like yeah. it's it's just amazing that he throws that so that gospel seed in us and then, then our faith shoots out from that. Um yeah. when he throws the seed, right? So it's yeah, just absolutely. it's funny. Um so you're you're in high school? Is that your youth patent yeah. answer?
1: Yeah, so that's during high school. Um that's mid to later um, portion of high school for me. And then okay. I graduate. I go to Southeastern University, um, Christian, Christian University over in okay. uh, Lakeland. And um, that's where I sort of took another step of faith or another step in my relationship with the Lord. Okay. Um, had some really – I always suffered from, like, stuff like anxiety and, like, uh, doubting myself, having, you know, spouts of depression, just feeling, like, really disconnected from the Lord. Gotcha. Um, at different, Just my own thing, not that the Lord wasn't there, but my own thing of like, listen, Dan, you know, you're just not good enough or you're not, you're not really that person. You know, you're just, you don't have that mentality. You don't have the type of attitude that you need to approach your faith, different relationships the right way. So, um, I always sort of looked at myself in that, in that light. I was really, was really hard on myself, always suffered from anxiety, depression, uh, different things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in college, I met, had some, met some really awesome people the Lord placed in my life, I think strategically. Um, just to give him a few shout outs, he's, they might be watching this, but my buddy, Luke, um, Billy, uh, my buddy, Eric, who actually have his wedding next week. Um, him and I have become friends a little later on, but my friend, Luke, Luke Harper, he's awesome. Uh, just such an encouragement in my life. Um, a lot of different people in, at, back at university that Luke was actually my roommate, but so many people, the list goes on and on. Those are just some of the highlights, but, um, people that if I didn't meet them, And I didn't have in my life to encourage me and speak truth to me and, and speak things from the word of God. Because I have friends like that too, that it's like, Oh, just, you know, it's whatever, how you feel like, just do this, just put a bandaid on it. And, um, you know, if I didn't have those people to speak truth in my life, I don't know where I would be. So I always think, you know, people, and then ultimately ended up obviously marrying Jess too and meeting her. And we got married after college. And, um, you know, I know she's, she speaks truth to me every day from the word and, you said something,
0: you said something about how you feel versus truth. What do you what do you mean by that? Help me explain. Yeah,
1: it. yeah, good question. Um, so the best way I can put that is like we know we have the Word of God that okay. tells us about who God is. You know, if we say, well, what's God's personality like? We can find it in the Word of God. If we believe as Christians that all Scripture is God breathed and inspired. Gotcha. Then that means we can go to the Word of God and believe that that's the truth about Him and how mm-hmm. He feels about us. And there's a lot of times, at least I struggle with this personally. Is there's times where I'll look at like other believers and what they're doing, what they're calling, right? And I'll say like, oh look, he's there leading this, you know, this mission trip, or he's here doing full time missions, or he, here he is, you know, leading a church where you know hundreds of people every year are getting saved, and I'll use that to define like, well, Dan, why aren't you doing more? Um, mm. You do even have the right mentality for that, right? But yeah. that's that's not truth. That's That could appear to be truth because that's what you can see and that's what you can feel around you. But the simple fact is if you're a believer and we believe the word of God is truth, that doesn't define that. So, yeah. um, again, through college, I just had a, you know, I met some of these awesome people that I still have in my life. And um, I can tell you so many times where, you know, at 12 in the morning, I needed somebody to call and they're just awesome friends. I can tell you so many times where i was going through an anxiety spell or depression where my wife was there with me all these people all these relationships that the lord has strategically placed in my life i think are just are just more proof of him
0: so you've honest. got so through throughout your history you so you got like your your uh, your aunt who brought Christ into the family then you moved here then it was your youth pastor then you moved to college you went to college and you got like a group of guys around you and like God's really put a community around you and then your wife little after college yeah. so God's put this community of people this group of people around you that it's kind of like that seeds uh, parable right when you know yeah. when the plant keeps going we we use this as christian's all the time i hate this metaphor but it's true i mean you know yeah. we're just watering the seed or we plant the seed or you know we play our po- our, our small role and our small part and each one of these yeah. people has played a small part in your faith and god's work through them developing your faith that's that's amazing how, how do you um how do you feel from that like what, when you when you look back and you see okay all these people um have given a, you know god's work through a little bit uh, in your life what does that do for you what does that you know how do you feel about bunch of people just taking time to invest in you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I have no words to describe it for me. If, uh, and Aaron, I know you and I have known each other for a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm a people person, but I think the reason I am is because I know how much the Lord's able to utilize people in, in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think by nature I am. I don't think by nature I'm the most extroverted person, but because I know the value that the Lord places on people and then puts people, those valued people in your life, how special that can be. And it's awesome. It's awesome to have people that I know are rooted in the word, rooted in the Lord that really truly love me for who I am, not what I could potentially offer because, Hey, I don't, I don't hit the mark almost any day, but um, you know, just people that authentically care for you and care for me the way they do because of who they are and their relationship with the Lord and what they've gotten from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there's days without them with, you know, without my wife, without just all these, all these different people in my life that I, I probably couldn't make it through. Yeah, I honestly believe that. And I don't think we're supposed to be an island in our faith. I don't think we're supposed to ever Which just be point. that one person. Yeah, so, um, sure. yeah, man. Really cool. uh, wh-
0: so where's, where's God taking you from there? And, uh, where is he taking you now? Like what's, what's going on in your life? How, how's your faith developing now?
1: Yeah. So one more, one more step there, um, sure. that I might've passed over. Um, after, after college, I graduated, got married. I moved out to Denver, Colorado, um, ended up accepting, um, a job out there that came out of nowhere. Um, I had all these other jobs I was looking at in Florida. This job comes out of nowhere because I was in a in a club, like a business club that they just so happened to have my resume. And somebody emails me from Denver. I ended up accepting that job out in Denver, moving out there. Um, a year later, Jess would come. Um, I graduated before her. She'd come out there with me. Um, and we were there for three years, two, three years. And I met the coolest people out in Denver, Aaron. I actually, I think I've told you about the church plant Okay. that I um, ended up kind of falling right into. So one of the professors at Southeastern, um, her name is Beth Leslie. So if you're watching, I I always, I'll give her a shout out for this because she told me about um, the son of her pastor who started a church plan out in Denver. And for the one year I was out there alone, I didn't try it. Like I was actually falling off the wagon a lot with even going to church. Okay. Um, A year later when Jess came, we tried it one Sunday and it was all history from there. We ended up attending there for, I think, almost a year. I remember at one of the buildings they were on, I was helping to like put drywall up. I've never, I was never part of a church plant before. So I thought it was the coolest thing. What was it we like? Were, oh, it was, it was incredible. Um, I miss it every day and I miss the people. I still text with a lot of these guys, like the past Pastor Sean and uh, my, my good buddy, Steve, one of my best friends, he, um, he's still out there and he's a mentor of mine. Sean's a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. I, again, these are more people that at that time in Denver, it was just Jess and I, we didn't have any family out there. We needed so much support. And these people treated us just like family. Like they'd have us over their house, like prayer groups, stuff like that. And they, they helped me mature in my faith so Mm -hmm. much. Like these people would just pray over me. Um, They would pray in the spirit because that's something, you know, that's, that's truth. That's something that we should be doing as Christians. And they were able just to pray over me. They were able to pray over Jess, pray over our marriage. And they were in such an encouragement. Um, They had me uh, so involved and given us that eagerness to be involved in ministry because before we went to the church, really, we were just, I was just sort of off the wagon. I, you know, I would do my devotionals occasionally and stuff like that, but, um, it was a really awesome experience being there and I still talk to them to this day. So,
0: so you, you said something. So there's two questions I want to ask you. There's like two tracks I want to go down one. I want to be a church planner. So what was it like? How big was the church plant? What was it? Did you have to chip in, pitch in all that stuff? Um, stack chairs. What was it like helping a church planner, or helping plant a church? Like as far yeah, as the, so- the, work, the ministry?
1: Yeah. So when I um, went out there originally, I think they have they've almost they've, were set up for about nine months. They were set up for about nine months already. And I'll never forget, Jess and I were approaching the front of the building. And my buddy, now he's my buddy, Josh um, Hamilton at the time. He was also a worship leader there. He was the first person. He's like, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He ended up doing missions too later on, but he welcomed us with like open arms. We ended up talking about Lakeland and he went to Southeastern as well. And he he, sort of like knew us but didn't know us, um, so he connected right away. He brought us in, and then fast forward, um, I got we're sort of slow but steady. Jess and I like we'll get plugged in, but it takes us a little bit. Gotcha. So um, we ended up going to like the um, small groups meeting. So they had um, small groups at my buddy Steve's house that he was so kind to lead, and um, we started going there. They started taking us out, like just speaking truth to us, like um, trying to get us back in like a steady prayer life, steady like devotional life. So they really helped with that. And then as far as helping with the church plant goes, I remember one of the first times I helped out was um, we were moving into a new building, like a few months later, they already were there for nine months. Then it was sort of going on year two, I believe. And we had to put drywall up. And I know it was one of the most, one of those fun times I had getting put dry, uh, drywall up with these guys. And uh, oh, no. <laughs> it was hard work, but <laughs> I remember uh, Pastor Sean making fun of me. Kit, I couldn't even like put a nail on the wall. I'm not like savvy that way. Yeah. So um, it was just, it was just a blast. It was awesome, and um, yeah, so, I miss it a
0: lot. That's awesome. So let me ask yeah. you another thing. You said um, they prayed for you in the spirit. What do you mean yeah. by that?
1: Yeah. So I think as Christians, one of the benefits of having the Holy Spirit is that, and I don't think, and this this is something I even had to grow into in my faith because um, this is not something that I I want to preface with. This is not something that I do consistently every time I pray. But um, praying in the spirit is just. the way I would define that is just allowing the Holy spirit to pray through you. And it might not be, it's not in English, but it's something that is biblical. That's in the word of God. I could source it if you'd like and try to find it um, where it is. Um, But something to where um, to the fact that you're just opening yourself up in the prayer room, that it doesn't always have to be our words. Mm -hmm. If you don't know me, you know, I'm a very wordy person and I can talk a lot go off on tangents. So even for a person like me, just to stay silent, and just to open myself up in the prayer room, just to allow the Spirit, just like say what He needs to say. But another way I would define it is praying the things that are on God's heart for okay. me, okay. instead of just saying, "Hey, I need, I need food, I need money, I want the, you know, my business to flourish, I want, you know, my relationships to do well." There's These are other things,
0: things that you think that you need, right?
1: Things that I think I need, right? Yeah. And those are all good things, and we should be praying for those things. But there's other times that when I think when you're doing your devotions. It's good to just stay silent. I'm really bad at this and I don't do enough of it, but it's not bad just to sit in your prayer room for 30 minutes and silent. And just even if it's like playing a worship song and just like maybe singing along with it, that's, that's sort of what happened, how I eventually started again, praying in the spirit, learning that. And it's not something that I do very much. I know um, some of my good friends um, again, that I met in Denver, they have like intercessory prayer meetings and they've, you know, they do it a lot more but it's definitely something biblical. I know that it's definitely something beneficial. I know that. And so, yeah.
0: So in in this group on, on this podcast, it's a are to open up to a whole bunch of Christians, even some non-Christians out there. And so uh, a lot of people might not understand what, what does intercessory prayer mean? Um, yeah. And what exactly mean by not English? Um, so maybe, yeah. and I, and you and I aren't theologians here, but to your best bet, and we're not sourcing it because we could we could Google it, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, to your best understanding, what does that do for you? And yeah. um, and then you know, and and maybe explain it to some people who might have never experienced it before. Like remember, like there's people who just we just yeah, yeah. sometimes. So absolutely. and do you, do you pray that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I would say that it's something that praying, it's another word for it is praying in tongues. And I know a lot of your viewers probably have heard that. And one of the studies, and um, Pastor Sean from Denver um, was preaching on this, but one of the studies they did was a lot of times in more charismatic churches, praying in tongues or in a different language is something very common. So it's not any other language on earth. It's its own language. And they actually did a study Um, basically what they did is they it was a whole it was actually a scientific study it wasn't a faith-based study of people who profess to speak in tongues legitimately on a consistent basis okay and they tested their brains to see where the language was coming from in certain parts of their brains rather than a a regular language like making up like I'm speaking Chinese or uh, or Spanish or um, you know any other language Um, they actually tested where those were coming from like what signals were coming from their brain uh, when they were speaking in regular language, and when they were speaking in tongues, or they were speaking in a spirit language, it was coming from a whole different part of the brain that was activated that wasn't even in that same part. So it is hmm. unrelated to any other language. And that you could look that up. It's a scientific study. you can I would encourage anyone watching to YouTube yeah, yeah, it. that's right. a really like like regular way to just study up on it what it is. Okay. But another way I would put it is just, again, how I define it is the Holy Spirit speaking through you things yep. that he has for you that you're not, maybe not thinking of. And a lot of times for me, I've only spoken in the spirit language. I've only prayed in it. Like it probably, I can count the times, probably like 10 times. Okay. But the times that I've done it and I've noticed that it's come during different times, but one of the big times, like in my car, I'll put worship music on. And if I'm praying about something, I'll almost just sing along with the worship music. And um, I will, I have before spoken in a prayer language, in a language that wasn't mine. It just, you know, I can't explain it, Yeah. Um. but it was just something that's that's come before and very on rare occasions, but I think it's something that I pray for more of, just like yeah. any other gift. I would pray yeah. for more of it. My biggest thing with it was I used to think if I didn't have it, you know, that I was in a bad place to lure, but, you know, my friends also spoke to me about that and why that's not truth either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of something- people get yeah. confused with that. They think that, like, I have to speak in tongues right. to be like a Christian to be with God. And that's, that's totally not true. I don't, I don't see that in the Bible, but I do see that speaking in tongues is in the Bible. And I do see that, Hey, I kind of want to me personally. I want to do that. I mean, personally, I want to see, um, first, first Corinthians, uh, 14, 12 and 14 kind of really dive into that, which is, which is awesome. Awesome scriptures for anyone who's watching. Um, and so you've done it about 10 times or so. How'd you feel? What, what is that like? I've, I've never done this. So how'd you feel?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say rejuvenated. Really? Yeah. I would say that was the biggest thing because again, I had worship music on already and I just just allow myself to like, just be consumed by the place of worship. I was, and I was driving the car. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, fasting or doing anything, you know, other than just being in the car driving and during work and I had worship music on and, um, yeah, I did. I, I started speaking in tongues and again, there's nothing it, I don't remember what it was. It was just, yeah. an, I remember it wasn't English and it was just something that I felt on my heart to do. Mm-hmm. And again, rare occasions. I wish that it would happen more because I think it's incredible and I think anytime you're able to, I don't even think it's about the speaking, the language part's incredible. I think it's just being able to connect to the Lord in that way. Yeah. So um, I always pray for, you know, a close relationship with the Lord and, you know, I, I hope yeah. I keep moving in that direction.
0: I think a lot of, I think of what it turns people, a lot of people off and honestly myself um, is that I feel like it's sometimes it's overdone um yeah and i feel like sometimes it's maybe taken out of context or not used properly uh, and yeah. people like maybe fake it or use the spirit um to, to like manufacture a spirit francis chan said this when he was preaching at the send he said like uh sometimes we try to manufacture uh, a fake thing especially for uh ministers we try to yeah. manufacture like the holy spirit or a Holy Spirit moment in services, um, and so what do you what do you say to someone who might be have a critical eye towards uh, speaking in tongues? What do you say to someone like who might be a Christian? Um, so let's say he's a Christian, but like uh, I don't, I'm not sure about the speaking in tongues. What would your in words of encouragement be for that type of person?
1: Um, I would say that I was there, and I'm still there in a lot of ways. But I don't have it consistently happen, so. Mm-hmm. There's always some where I question, like, oh, you know, why don't I have it, you know, happen more like some of my other buddies who seem to be, be able to just like get into that place in their prayer life, mm-hmm. like it's such a place they could access it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know enough to answer that question, but to answer those people, I'm in that same place in a lot of ways because I only had mm. it happen a few times. Gotcha. But when I see where that my where that church plant was that I helped with and where I, um, you know, I was able just to be alongside a lot of these other people where I see their type of prayer lives and how much time they dedicate to being close to the Lord. That's where that's where it pulls me towards more gotcha. rather yes. than the prayer language in itself. But the fact that they were praying over people, they take it so seriously to like have people come over, like understand what's going on in their lives and being able to like spend the time to like pray over you and different things like that. That's the place where I think it needs to get you. And if it's for any other reason like you were saying aaron like to to show like oh who am i or to show like you know bells and whistles yeah. i don't think anything in our faith i don't think anything in the in the christian walk should ever be about bells and whistles i i you know i'm against anything like that
0: Wow. No. so yeah. um, That's a good good way to put it for sure
1: yeah and i think another thing i i always do it privately i don't feel led to, mm-hmm. to speak in the spirit or pray in the spirit you know Among huge groups of people, like young adults, I don't think I'm in the place where I would just start, you know, doing that. But um, not to say if the Lord or if the Holy Spirit didn't put it on my heart, I'm sure it would be a good timing. But um, that's just not something that's that's going on right now.
0: So gotcha, gotcha, cool. Well, yeah, I don't want to press too far on this issue, but I thought it would be interesting uh, conversation because uh, you and I aren't theologians, and we're not, you know, these. I don't want you to try to defend something that you don't fully grasp and really who does really fully grasp the spirit and all those spiritual gifts and all that. Uh, So tell me, where are you going from here? What have you, um, what kind of ministry lies before you? Where are you you at right now in life? Uh, You just preached your first sermon. How was that? Like, tell, talk to me about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, thanks to you. You got me out of my shell and you got me um, to get up there and preach. So yeah, a few weeks ago, for people who don't know, um, yeah, Aaron was saying that he he thought it would be something that might be a good fit for me to like look into preaching and look into studying the Word in that way to where I can go up and preach. So I think a couple of weeks ago, I preached for the first time. I thought it was pretty awesome. I was nervous, uh, definitely nerve-wracking to be in front of people and talk about the Word of God because you don't want to misspeak or you don't want to um, say anything that, that isn't something He'd want you to say or something that's not true. So, yeah. I found like the most rewarding part of it was studying the word mm-hmm. that deep. And it was it was actually like a kind of a treat because I never really studied. It was on Lamentations 3, and I actually, I actually looked into it like more and more deep than I've ever looked at any other scripture. So yep. for, you know, I would say a couple of months, I just was studying really one section of the word. And I'm not even really a big reader of the Old Testament. I kind of stay in the New Testament during my devotion. So that was another thing that was pretty awesome. And I was just studying this one portion of scripture. That was really awesome. then the second part of actually being in front of people talking about it, um, nerve wracking, but rewarding. And one of the biggest things is how many people I met through it, you know, because you need the support of others. Like Levi was, was awesome. Like such a support. Uh, If he's watching you're the man brother, like he's just, you know, such an encouragement. Um, Like helped me so much. Just text me, see how I was doing. Um, Aaron, of course, um, you know, you helped me a bunch and so many other people, um, you know, just, they want, people want to help you, you know, like, that's one of the big things. Like when you're trying something new, you get nervous. But I think one of the things that helps me is a lot of people want to see you do well and want to see you do things the right way. Oh, so yeah. that was really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, real quick, let's give a quick shout out. Well, while, while we're on these type of people, some people have been supporting you from inside Facebook. Hey Zeus, Bayona, Nelson, Arnell, and David all are saying what's up to you. I don't know if you could see the comments or not. I don't. what's going on guys. they're they're all supporting you Where okay so uh let's wind this thing down where are you going uh what's what's god look for what's god uh gotten planned for you or at least you think god got planned for you in the in the future where are you guys headed
1: yeah so um i know both jess and i are on the same page about wanting to be more plugged in to to ministry like plugged in um not necessarily full time but you know i work a lot and i think that one of the things that um going back to you know I, I know one of the questions that we wanted to touch on is like things that I could, um, I feel like need room for improvement. It's definitely getting more plugged into ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, Nelson's a, a good person to bring up. He was mentioning to me about, you know, he serves at youth and uh, one of the things is consistency. And you've mentioned that too, Aaron, but more consistently serving in some facet of ministry is something yeah. that I really struggle with. Um, for a believer, I think we're all called to to serve. And I don't think that I'm in that place right now. So, one of the things is, um, you know, I want to be consistently at Redeem for anybody, you know, any type of help there that I could offer, um, whether that be just like helping in a very like straightforward way, like picking up chairs or anything, or you know, helping people if anybody needs it. So one of the things we were talking about is doing some one-on-one uh, things during the week. And for anybody watching, especially like at Redeem where I see you a lot, I'm trying to um, get together with one person. Um, during the week what for one hour for some lunch and just talking about the word of god together like just doing like quick little bible study and then i don't want to give away the the other awesome thing that we're working on too but levi is going to be leading something uh regarding like a bible study soon that i'm hoping to contribute to so i think that we'll talk more about that because i don't want to give too much away but that's really something i'm excited about
0: so and you- you say how we're called to serve. I'll, I'll give you exactly what we're called to do. And I know I talked, spoke to you about it. I, I know I said this, but this is kind of very obvious for any Christian. If you're out there looking to get in ministry and there's not really a ministry that feels called, first of all, let me say that every Christian is called to go and make disciples, right? They're to go and make disciples of all nations. And I believe that's what your aunt was fulfilling in your life. I believe that's what uh, Pastor John was fulfilling in your life. And these other guys in college was fulfilling in your life. And um Now it's time for you and now it's time for anyone else who's listening, man. You guys look discipleship is like is like community, right? It's like a little bit of community there, but it is the number one way people grow in their faith. And it's just like when people other people pour into them um, and it looks like a bunch of different things. But uh, you are definitely the you and I are definitely the byproducts of um, or the results rather of some fantastic people answering God's call in their life to disciple others. You know, what I mean. Yeah. I'm super grateful for that. Is there anything else you want to uh, let us know about how God has been awesome in your life? Uh, what's been going on or where you guys are headed? Or uh, can I ask you my, my final question here?
1: Yeah, you could ask me the final question.
0: Um, but, man, before I do, I, I'd really love to talk like some theology and stuff like that. It's just so much. Maybe we'll have another podcast about just talking about theology. Um, but awesome. uh, I, I really enjoyed having you on this podcast, man. It was, it's, it's really cool. Like I said, like you're, you're just knowing, getting to know your full story. It's, it's an amazing, uh, as amazing testimony for discipleship of people, it, everyone, you know, you're not just one person's like little pet project, like everyone kind of just contributed, um, answer God's call and contributed. Uh, and hopefully you can, someone will shout you out like that one day, you know what I mean? In another podcast or whatever, it's just, and I'm really grateful for how you shouted them all. It shows how grateful you are. So let me finish this off. Uh, Dan, why do you think God is awesome?
1: Um, man, I think God's awesome because no matter how much we struggle to really understand, um, his love and to understand where we are with our relationship with him that never changes how he feels about us. So, For me, you know, I know, again, I struggle so much with like with anxiety, like wanting to know everything right now. If I don't understand something, I I get super like, you know, antsy about it. Like, I really want to get this. I really want to understand this, have this, you know, uh, desire to do this. But no matter all those anxieties that I have, I know that it's theologically true without a doubt because of what he's done for me. And He's done for, you know, so many other believers that I've seen that I have in my personal walk Mm -hmm. that his love doesn't change. His love stays constant.
0: And it's uh love, it's, it's always constant. You're absolutely right, yeah. oh, man. It's so good, so yeah. good. And we, we, we you and I f- mess up all the time, and yeah, his, yeah, his love is constant. That's some good stuff, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast, man. just God is awesome, and God has been awesome in your life, and I'm really excited to see where God takes you. I'm really excited about your ministries and stuff like that. And so, um, man, I'm just super excited. Anyway, thank you yeah. guys for watching. Um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast or uh, would think that someone else would uh, benefit greatly from hearing Dan 's testimony, please tag them or share this video with them. I see some tags already in the comments um, if you and, and be sure to like it and uh, you know thumb it up because Facebook will help us get found easier and if you have anyone who to recommend to the group, be sure to invite them and if you have any questions about Dan about you know um, his experience speaking in tongues, going to the church plant uh, moving and stuff like hit him up leave a comment. I'm sure he'll be willing to uh, answer them. No problem. He's a pretty open book here. Anyway, Dan, thanks for meeting us. Thanks for uh, doing this podcast with us and we will see everyone later.
1: Thanks guys. Thanks, bro. Is
0: podcast is out of here.